The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. As a creative rebel that has been on the road for the past year, truly diving into areas that I had no idea in my life that I would delve into, I love celebrating other people. And in particular, I love to celebrate people that are out there allowing their own creative rebels to come forward in such a way that they have no inhibition into deep diving into all types of areas. We as multidimensional humans have the ability to access gifts and talents and realms beyond our physical being. And each time we see another example of that, each time we can honor and celebrate another, we are seeing a mirror of ourselves and we're also gaining a gift that that unique genius has to offer. I'm really, really thrilled today with the guest that I'm going to share with you. And if you're not familiar with Lee Harris, I invite you to definitely explore LeeHarrisEnergy.com and dive into all of the different things he's doing, especially his portal. It is a beautiful space where he too understands that we are in a space now of collaboration and creation and celebration. And he brings different people in and out of that portal to help guide those that are wanting mentoring or guidance or spiritual teachings or simply wanting to just be a part of a beautiful community that is here awakening and awakened. In addition to that, he offers so many beautiful things that we're going to get into, but I want to tell you a little bit about him. He's an energy intuitive, and he's also a channeler for the voices of spirit, rather than from just the body. He knows that spirit exists, and he sees that you can find more spirit within yourself as human beings as you dive into that body, as we increase our energies of peace and love and positively transform as individuals in the world. In 1998, he heard the voice of Zachary, and he learned that he was part of a greater collective of 88 spirit guides. Since that time, Lee Harris also channels who he calls disease, and he has daily conversations and sends out energy messages on a monthly basis and different channelings and also CDs that he creates to help people tap into some of this amazing wisdom in addition to his own wisdom that he has garnered in his own path. So sit back, relax, and get ready to just really enjoy someone that's truly living their realness, their vulnerability, their authenticity, and their creative rebel. Welcome, Lee Harris, to 1111 Talk Radio. Hi, Simran. Thank you so much for having me on, and thank you for your lovely words. Well, it's beautiful to share you with my audience and really allow them to, for those that don't know about you, to discover 
another voice that is just really expressing and creating in the world in the way that you do. And not only do you allow yourself to express and create, you bring forth some pretty powerful messages through your writings, your blogs, your sound healing, your music, uh, in addition to your book, Energy Speaks. And I'd love to have people have a little more idea of perhaps your early journey so that they can understand how you got where you are. Because I think that so many people believe that there's just this awakening that happens in an instant and all of a sudden we have these wise walkers on the planet that are untouchables and don't realize that there are people just like you and me that kind of happen across what we happen across and we just keep walking forward step by step and growing and teaching along the way. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with you that <laughs> it's not... Um, while some of it feels like miraculous experiences, I think for all of us who go into an experience of our energy expanding or we have very spiritual experiences, you're still the human being trying to um, enlighten your own human self and, of course, what you have become as a result of being in the human collective. And, um, and it is. It's a day-by-day, day day, one-step-at-a-time process. Um, for me, it, it was... It was interesting because the one thing that I did have very alive from childhood was creativity. And in, in many ways, I remember, not because of my family or because of my friends, but being quite an unhappy teenager. Um, uh, you know, I, don't, I, I think I was kind of okay till I was probably around nine or ten. And then I have very strong memories of, of just that whole period from then on till about 16, 17, being a very difficult time for me. So the one outlet I always had was creativity. And I would at the time express that through um, being a singer, performing in theater. Um, and then aside from some external things, um, just always at home, I'd be creating things. So that's the one, the one aspect that I now understand has kind of always been there. And in a way has given me, if you like, a framework through which to put all of this work out into the world. Because ever since I was little, I kind of had, uh, if you like, hyper-creativity on the go. Um, but the spiritual side really opened for me when I was in Manchester. Um, I was at university in Manchester from the age of 19. And um, I had a very uh, one, several key experiences there where gradually I started getting interested in certain books, reading certain things, meeting certain people who would help me start to see that I had a certain intuitive psychic ability. But, you know, like most of us, before we understand that, it, it wasn't in my world. My parents didn't speak about it. There weren't television programs that would talk to you about spirit. Um, all I really remember was religion, and I was never religious particularly. So, um, yeah, it was when I was 19 things started opening. And then about three years after that, I heard the voice of Zachary. And, uh, yeah, uh, four years after that, I slightly reluctantly agreed to give readings to people I didn't know, having done it for friends for a few years. And unbeknownst to me, it just took off. And then two years after that, I was full-time doing self-development, spiritual work, creating things, putting stuff out there. So honestly, if I could go back now and tell myself that, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I would have probably laughed and also been terrified at the same time. Well, you know, I think one hard part for a lot of people is simply that continual yes that we have to take in, in, in things showing up. And it is, it is being in that place terrified 
while also in that place of excitement at the same time and, and continuing to keep on walking that path of what is the unknown, what feels very, very much like the unknown. Talk a little bit about that part of the unknown and, and, and getting the brain out of the way and, and allowing the heart to open so that you can leap. Because I think a lot of people are in their stuckness because they're either thinking it, thinking into it too much, or they're just not letting their hearts dive into that unknown space. Yeah, you see, for me, with everything I've done that has been either a bold move for me or has been something that I've kind of ended up being shocked that I did, or um, there's always been some kind of bodily movement. So anything that was just easy from my brain wasn't necessarily progression. It could have been continuation of something I'd broken through. But my experience with progression, whether that was me being willing to trust my own intuition more and have these intuitive senses and experiences, or whether it was being willing to be a public channeler, which, to be honest, wasn't something I really wanted to have to have hung around my neck just because I knew that there were such diverse opinions out there about channeling, and I didn't really want to have to deal with all of the side of it that that wasn't my resonance, which was, you know, hard skepticism and criticism and all of those things. Um, And with all of those steps, in, in each of those areas, my body would go through something. And that, that, for me, is always the barometer. It's If I'm slightly out of my emotional comfort zone, um, usually I'm stepping in the right direction. And obviously, there's, there's a line. I always say, if you're in absolute terror of something, you don't have to step forward. You might just want to look at helping yourself with the terror. But if it's just fear, as you said, fear and excitement are so close. And so often, it's just you breaking through and stepping through things regards to what you said about people too, I just think one of the things that we're having to do as human beings is alleviate this conditioning that we all swallowed very hard, which is self-judgment, self-attack, self-criticism, um, and the limitations of what we believe we can do in the world based on what we were led to believe by society, teachers, just you know the, the collective belief that is now beginning to shatter. And I do think it's scary when that shatters. I don't think it's always just a joyous miracle. I mean, sometimes you're crying and sometimes... So I I, I understand why a lot of people are hesitant to to step forward. And have you found in your own life that these stories that we hang on to that do create that limitation and that tightness around us, uh, even though we believe that that's what's creating our identity, it is in releasing those identities continuously that the, the, the greater expansion takes place. At least that's what I have discovered. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on your own experience. Yeah, and, and you know what was interesting for me was always that there was this very strong um, theme um, about eight years ago where suddenly I think with the combination of law of attraction and also the idea of our thoughts manifesting in our stories, Um, For me, the way it was expressed at the time, which I know was the right way for the world, was very much this idea that your thoughts are trapped. And so I started to believe all about my thoughts uh, for a little while. And I thought, no, this isn't true for me. Maybe it's true for the mainstream. For me, it's more that I could see how the story attaches to the emotion. So rather than me wondering why am I thinking about this old thing again, what I learned was that I had to very quickly go to what's accompanying this old thing because the story that I've given it is actually 
afterthought. And the body has, this was how I experienced my body energy field, my body has gone contraction or arrest because of some pattern. So, for example, you know, if one example would be if you're afraid to date again, you could say, oh, well, I've got stories in my head that are holding me back. But you can also say, well, your energy field is not, is not ready to open for various reasons. So I actually started coming in at things from that level for myself. And then as that, I noticed working, that's when I decided to express those things for other people because I thought, well, maybe I'm not the only one experiencing it this way. You know, and as, as we know, every voice that's out there talking about spirituality or self-development is needed to represent and cover the whole because we all see things. Now, Lee, I know as, as an energy intuitive, that is what you're doing with people, then, and that is what you do in your energy forecast that you put out every month. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about this, this month's energy forecast because you really got into the brain. A lot of people are in that cloudy place or in that forgetful place or the brain's not working the way it's supposed to be working some days. And, and we've also had these retrogrades and these grand crosses in astrology Talk about all how all of that energetically works with us and how we navigate through, especially with this computer processor that is inside of our head. What I've noticed is that when I address, with my energy forecast, just to give people who don't know what I do a quick example, um, they're normally seen by anywhere around 20,000 people a month. And so I find when I'm doing those now, um, I'm addressing a large number of people. And so in addressing that large number of people, you have to try and be as diverse as you can in a short space of time and cover as much as you can, even though you, know, you could talk for an hour and a half. The thing I've noticed is that even with the intensity of some of the things we've just walked through, a lot of the things have been very similar about two or three years. So people having brain fog, people um, feeling stopped in their external world in a way that they don't understand. The main thing that I've noticed with people who have been awake for a while and who this isn't all new to is um, constant shifts of patterns, particularly people who felt they had found their way of being still or meditating, suddenly that changing on them and them having to completely adapt to what are faster and more what I call pulsing energies. So it's like things just get pushed through you on a daily basis, whether it's releasing your past, whether it's stepping forward. And I think it's a combination of the horizontal intensifying um, as well as everything that's coming at us from the sky and the planets because the way that we're responding as a human collective is changing the way that we're all interacting with each other. And I think that's why people have been very reactive or surprised at the way people are behaving and that's why I always talk about you especially as a sensitive and an empath you have to get conscious only of what's going on in you but also of everyone else around you so you understand how to dance differently because a few years ago we were all tangoing and now we're doing like dance so being floor is always fine if you move with the tight sensitives we're all being asked strengthen and up our game in a very physical way. It's no longer about new information or new inspiration or more light coming from above. It's very much how are you physical body dealing with everything that's happening on the planet and changing and how are you maintaining your spiritual connection while all of the human connections that we've had are really being shaken from underneath. I mean, it's a serious, intense 
process. Um, but I think I can testify, and so can probably a lot of the listeners. Into a, a place of clarity within it again, or a, cl- a place of peace, or you learn to center or still. Really bright, you know. It, it's brighter than it's ever been before. But I also think we have to be careful of using that as the payoff. You know, it's all human experience, and your bad day you can tend to judge as as worse than your good day. But the point is, without the day where you're a bit down or you're processing something, you don't then get to step up. And I think because we're moving so fast and stepping up all the time, it means that there's a lot of intensity for people to process in order for that to happen. A true abundant life is one where there is surrender. That is the key, true surrender to everything. Surrender to allowing in a great wealth of experience, of finance, of love, and also a true surrender to the experience of the opposite, to the state, if that is the truth. If that is the truth of what you're experiencing in that moment, then that is what you have created for yourself. This is from the section on abundance from Lee Harris's book, Energy Speaks. He has a variety of different tools and products that you can access, everything from topics like the crystalline body to personal power to abundance and even sexual energy or remagnetizing the heart. You can go to his website and find all types of audios, downloads, music, and artwork in addition to a portal that is a very powerful place for a community-oriented person to truly connect, deepen, and enliven themselves with knowledge, wisdom, and grace. Definitely connect with Lee Harris at LeeHarrisEnergy.com. We'll be right back with Lee Harris. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at simron-singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. My guest today is Lee Harris, and he is the author of Energy Speaks. You can go to his website at leeharrisenergy.com, and you will find 
all kinds of things, from interviews to private sessions, events that he holds, as well as a portal, which is a community that has so much information within it. He shares quite a bit there with anyone that is a part of that community, in addition to his own music and art and his blog. So definitely connect with him at leeharrisenergy.com. He produces a monthly energetic forecast that you will also be very, very interested in. And this month's was about the brain. And as you open beyond your conditioned mind and you start bringing your energy senses into play, your third eye, your heart at a new level, the whole energy field, once this begins to happen, everything starts to change and the old brain feels very out of place. And it can almost feel sometimes like you're saying things that you don't quite understand or that don't quite reverberate with what the way other people the way it used to. This is just part of the brain as it becomes more into a place of service to you and to your way of being. Rather than being the solo leader of your way of being, you more awaken. The brain becomes a facility you go to to use for the times that you need to organize, analyze, or direct events. But actually what happens during awakening is the brain of the heart starts to become far more dominant. Let's talk about that brain of the heart because it is an entirely different approach to life, it's a different perspective, it's a different way of being, and it's a different feeling in the body. Talk a little bit about the sensory perspective of that as people are to navigate between the mental brain and the heart brain. Sure. Um, Back in 2006, one of the very first recordings I ever created was called Ask the Heart for It Knows Everything. And... That was a sentence that just came into my head one day when I was talking with my channels. And uh, it it was something I was exploring, but it wasn't something I was hugely familiar with, even though I believed it immediately because I I kind of knew that the brain didn't work for me the way everyone else said it worked for them. Um, So I guess the quickest way we can kind of talk about the difference is um, imagine there are two different options that you're trying to choose in your life. So on the one hand, you could go to Brazil for a month, or on the other hand, you could go to India for a month. Many people will logically look at this and analyze it and try and figure it out, and and that's all good and that can be supportive. But what I learned to do, and, and this works for me to this day, is just pay attention to my body as I try on each option for size. So for example, you take a moment to imagine, okay, I'm going to India and you sit there with the idea of it, you might feel it, you might think about it, and notice how your body feels. And then do exactly the same with Brazil. And what you're looking for is the one where your body has the most openness or the most charge, something that feels excited or open or alive. And sometimes what you'll do when when that exercise happens is you'll see that your body contracts with the option that you're not supposed to do. It will either feel neutral or dead, or it will feel not good in your body. So that's a very quick and simple way for me to explain the difference between trying to decide forward movement based on your head or trying to decide forward movement based on your heart. However, there is a process to get to there, and and, and, and as you start doing that, certain things will disintegrate for you. So your relationship with your own brain, which might have been the manager of your life up until now because you've given it all the power and control, will suddenly start to change. So that's kind of something that I've talked about over the years in the energy forecasts with small tips as to how to try living from your feeling center instead of your mental center. Because the thing about our mental centers is 
while they can be incredibly useful, for example, I, I, I use my mind with my work um, in certain areas, um, they generally are storehouses of the past. So they are genuine, generally replaying sentences or observations for you that happened to you before or that a teacher or a parent or somebody that you decided knew more about you in a certain, knew more than you in a certain area gave you. So that's the only thing about following the mind and the brain all of the time is that it tends to be repetitive. And so I've found to really break your mental patterns, you actually have to change your energetic and your physical patterns and then they, and then they start to move as well. Now for some people it might be the other way around. But for, for me and how I was composed, which is to lead with energetics first and then notice that my brain process, processes everything second, that was how it was for me. You know, I think that we have such a focus on light that we tend to not realize the importance of sound. And you are a sound healer. You have a lot of different resources that incorporate sound, and you also sing. Um, mm. Talk a little bit about how sound is used in that healing capacity, both in the harmonic resonance of bringing our bodies and our energy to a higher frequency, as well as the dissonance that is important in sound in terms of ushering out from within us some of the density that we hold. Well, if you think of how music affects you, you'll often talk to people um, and they will say, oh, I really love um, Eva Cassidy, but I can't stand heavy metal. And when heavy metal comes on, it makes my whole body react. And so I'm just using music as, as an example. I mean, we could look at the sounds of birds. We could look at the sounds of the wind. All of these things have an effect on us. And what we're often hearing as sound are our ears' interpretations of vibrational effect basically so you know you might have an idea in your between your ears and your mind you've decided what Joe sounds like and what he represents to you but the truth is take the mind away and take the ears away in a certain way as as you listen to a singer like Bon Jovi the reason people will relate or resonate him is because there is something in his frequency of voice that is helping that person to open their inner body so again picking pop singers if you like pink is somebody who will be very appealing to people who love opening and love to push through barriers because that's the frequency in her body that the path that she has gone through she's a rebel and she's a bold woman and she she's just going to walk through certain walls so the people who are hearing her voice essentially are having an opportunity to imbibe that encoding so I've just focused on singers, which is a you know kind of easy example, but you can do the same thing with nature sounds and trees and any sounds in the same way that the sound of a drill going into concrete is not generally pleasing to us. And if you think about it, it's not particularly creating a harmonic frequency, a drill going into, into concrete. So just with as with life and as with human beings and as with our own personal journey, there is light shadow within sound and within music. And I had... Um, a very nice experience late last year. I've, I've worked as a singer-songwriter for the last 14 years, and I have a new um, contemporary pop album is, is the bracket it would go into coming out in October. But um, I forayed into sound healing late last year after several years of meaning to and people asking me to. When I ran out of words, um, I was supposed to record a new recording for the portal, and I was sitting in front of my microphone, and I just had no words. And to be honest... 
I have to be careful with words because I use words a lot and, you know, that's one of the things I do for my work um, on behalf of others. But my own interest in words is not always huge. <laughs> so um, I sat at this microphone and started bringing through these voices and then layered these harmonic toning voices and created these pieces called Adventures in Sound. And the feedback I had from a couple of people at the time in the portal, one of them said, I, I can't always listen to words at the moment, and I don't always want my mind to be engaged, but when I listen to this piece, it releases things inside my body. Now, the reason I was so happy was music has been my life's go-to savior, if you like. Um, if mm. I, I listen to music a lot. And while I didn't understand why, when I was younger, I would listen to music so obsessively, what I've now come to understand through my channeling, and this is something I've kind of offered out to people over the years, is, for example, if you are walking through a busy shopping mall and you're finding that it's difficult for you to be in a busy shopping mall because you're very empathic or you're overloaded at the moment, but if you have a resonant music, if you were to walk through that mall using headphones, which is done many times, what happens is the musical current that you're sending through your body that you have chosen from iPod or whatever you're listening to is going to realign your own energy field. And for people who pick up a lot on other people, this is actually a really good way to train yourself to be back in a crowd. And it's something I had to do when my sensitivity levels went through the roof and being outside was tricky for me. Um, I used to walk through people with a music current running through my body because then rather than the sound frequencies of everybody around um, just kind of coming into my own energy field, the music was helping me keep my own core and it was moving a resonance through me that made my own resonance stronger. Struggling to hold my own frequency when around the frequencies of others. So... Um, yeah, That's quite powerful so. because even in your book, uh, Energy Speaks, you talk about opening. Uh, it's in the section about peace, but this seems so relevant to, to even this part of the conversation because opening can be a challenge, and, and oftentimes we're opening to things in the world that we don't like, the, the conflict or the control. Mm. You have a section, I'll read it. Opening is difficult for many because it means opening to everything, and none of you like everything you see in the world. So in opening, you also have to open to those sides of the world you do not like, the conflicts, the controls, the competitions, the negativity. But in opening, transformation takes place. In staying closed, nothing takes place. Frustration builds, anger builds. Why? Because you've become weighted. You've become weighted with negative energy so you cannot progress as much as you wish. When you open, things can happen magically for you. And so is this way utilizing... The headphones, as you were giving as an example, is this a way to kind of be in the world and not of it and yet still impact our own bodies and in doing so impact what's going on around us if we don't feel like we can do anything about the conflict or the competitions or controls that are surrounding us? Well, absolutely. And if you think of the ocean and when you've swum through the ocean and you can swim through a cold patch and a warm patch and you, you really explainable sudden you're swimming through this warm patch of, of ocean seems to be holding its warmth in an area. We're a bit like that as human beings. So, for example, you know, you walk through a crowd and even if you are a master of holding your center and holding your core and not being affected by everything in a deep inner way, the edge of your energy field is brushing up with all of these other energies around you. So we're very like the ocean. So two reasons that the, the headphones would be good, and this is why I 
used it or kind of stumbled upon it when I was trying to rehabilitate myself about five years ago um, was it, it allowed me to be out there and not, shall we say, get weighted by everybody else. But the point being that it, it wasn't needed permanently. Once I had retrained my body to walk through crowds and hold my own inner frequency and be in response to my own feelings, which I had to do, I had to retrain it, then the music became less necessary because I'd built up my own strength. We do tend to believe that we are far more individual um, than we really are. And in, in reference to the piece that you just spoke about from the book and conflict energies, I think that is the struggle because I think for lots of people when they first go into an awakening process or they decide that they're going to enliven their life through self-development and spirituality, there's a lot of joy and a lot of abundance and a lot of miraculous can happen. But then, of course, like anything, it's like that's like the romance phase of a relationship. And then you go into the different phases of the relationship. And, you know, you have the period where you know you're a spiritual being, but you just can't get yourself out of feeling depressed for a couple of days about things like fracking or whatever's going on in the world. You try that density on the size in your own body and find a, pl a way and a, a place to clear it in yourself so that you've then cleared through it. Not only do you then go back into the world clearer, but you also hold the formula of clearing that heaviness, which is why a lot of healers, I think, have some of the harder paths to walk. You know, I'm certainly not somebody who doesn't go through things. You know, I go a lot energetically, I think, for the reason that then I can teach about it and share what I've learned. Um, so I think this path we're all on. Yeah, it's much, much more pleasing for all of us to be in peace, but that's not, that's not what we're at as a world. We talk about, um, I think so many people that are trying to attain enlightenment or trying to attain um, reaching the, the upper realms or being in the ethers all of the time, they tend to stay in their upper chakra systems and they're not really in their body. They're not grounded in the body. As someone that works in, in those realms so much, talk a little bit about how you stay grounded and the importance of being grounded in the body in this earthly experience to truly be able to reach the heights that people desire to reach? You know, for me, I would, I would say at this point in my life, I'm 38 now, um, I would say it's actually a combination not so much of just living in the higher realms but of, of living in the width of the emotional energy field of the collective. So I have to concentrate. So if I'm tired and if I've been working a lot, I have to make sure that I replenish myself and kind of... Um, refind my own center before I go out into the world because other people's horizontal energies can be just as problematic for me as not being grounded because I'm in high spiritual energies, if that makes sense. So, for example, you know, I, I find that um, I, especially if people know what I do for a living, but even if they don't, people will tend to very easily and quickly speak to me about their emotions and about what's going on because, you know, I, I understand that that's partly what I'm here to facilitate. Um, so I have to be mindful of how much of that I'm doing in my spare time um, and, and keep an eye on that as much as I have to keep an eye on making sure I go for a hike up the hill, um, you know, to, to get some strength in my legs. And um, it, it's interesting because there are so many different ways of, of rounding out there and so many different tips and techniques, but I've never really seen one way for one person, and I, I think it's really important that we all honor what works for us. 
So for me, doing very, what I call, fairly dense things like at the gym, very balancing for me and very grounding. And I think there is a tendency to, to it, certainly I've seen this over the years in the spiritual and self-development fields, to believe that higher is better, spirit is better than human. And for me, that's not the meeting point of steering your own enlightened journey, if you like. It's actually where does your spirit meet your humanity? And there comes a point when I think after people have gone deeply up in themselves in order to, to, to lighten themselves, you have to come back down and, and, if you like, lay to rest all the areas in you that need a bit more grounding or a bit more light or a bit more peace. Um, but really the simple stuff like physical exercise and making sure that you do things that you enjoy like dancing or stretching or going for a walk with your friends. I think, to be honest, Simra, my experience is there is no point that any of us are looking for because there is no defined point and there isn't going to be a defined balance point on Earth for the next, I don't know how many um, decades, but the point is that the balance is always found in the moment. So if you are feeling very floaty in yourself it's coming back down to yourself somehow but the biggest piece for me in all of this is awareness because actually I've met fairly aware people who um, don't notice that they're spinning out you know so if you if you don't notice you don't ground so that's why absolutely for me, so when you're when you're not centered in your energy when you are out of your body when you're leaning forward in your energy out of your physical body to interact with others or to race yourself through your life, you are off-center. Awareness is far harder to reach, for awareness is fed by the heart. Give yourself this time to feel this experience, to recognize your connection to awareness. It is solid. It is important, because with awareness, you can do anything. The options become infinite. And when you see other options, you recognize there are other choices that can be made. But while you're in the dark, all pathways become limited. This is from the awareness section of his book, Energy Speaks. And you can find out about Energy Speaks along with Lee Harris's portal, music, audios, and blogs, in addition to events and private sessions at LeeHarrisEnergy.com. That's LeeHarrisEnergy.com. We'll be right back with Lee. This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at simron-singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. Before we get back to my guests, definitely check out 1111 Magazine. You can read all of the most recent articles by beautiful people from around the world that are sharing their voices and their wisdom. There's always jam-packed with so much, and it is uh, listed on the website free for you at all times, along with the archive. So go to simran-sing.com. While you're there, you can also find out more information about both of my books, Your Journey to Enlightenment, which helps you dive more into play and your courage and the childlike innocence and wonder so that you live your life from that place, in addition to conversations with the universe, which really helps you develop trust in the world, knowing that everything out there really is conspiring on your behalf. My guest today is Lee Harris, and his website is LeeHarrisEnergy.com. Lee offers channelings, messages, and observations for you to experience your own freedom. They're not attached to any religion or ideology. Instead, they're grounded in the most fundamental truth. You are love, and you have within you the power to transform and elevate your life and the lives of others. His wish for every area of his work is that it helps people better remember who they are and how they find more balance in their life. You can access any of his products or his book, Energy Speaks, as well as his wonderful community portal and his energy forecast uh, at LeeHarrisEnergy.com. And if you're on Facebook, definitely look up Lee Harris, and you can have all of his daily wisdom and videos that he posts there as well. Welcome back, Lee. I want to, we have just a few minutes left. This hour has flown by, and I want to talk a little bit about the masculine and the feminine the energy that is moving forward on this planet and and how we can better interpret what that means. As a mother of two boys, what I have realized for myself is that the power of my feminine is not in the doing and the forcing because that is just a female version of masculinity, but it is actually in, in truly understanding that the example that I be for my boys is where the divine feminine will birth. It is through them. That is the awareness that I have received. I'd love to hear your perspective on divine feminine and divine masculine. Yeah, that's, that, I think that's great, Simran. I, I, um, it's interesting, you know, born a man, but had a very, um, had a very strong affinity with what would traditionally be more feminine energies when I was younger. Um, and if anything, I balanced more into my masculine as I got older. Um, so my my sense of this is I think it can be misleading because often when we talk about masculine and feminine, I think it's easy for us to start thinking about genders. And the truth about the genders on the planet is we are still at a time where women are not as um, not as seen, valued, heard as men in the world as a whole. Now, in some countries, that really isn't the truth. But in some countries, that's incredibly the truth. I mean, we still have women with no rights and um, subjugated. So there is this still, I see it still running through society, this tendency of that imbalance to play out in all of us as men and as women. Um, So my thing about the feminine is that the feminine way of being for all of us men and women on this planet has to grow in order for planetary survival. 
because the masculine paradigm is currently the paradigm that's driving so many of the destructive actions for our climate that I know so many of us are now standing up and putting our voices and our actions towards to change. Um, you know, it's a little like they always say that if, if women ran countries, then war would not be going on. And I do think that's true. I think there is a certain level of detachment in a male leader who will agree to send troops to war. Now, I, I don't want to get us onto the war topic just because that's huge and we could do a whole show on that. But um, in terms of what you're talking about, I think you're an interesting example, Simran. I've, I've only seen you a couple of times on videos and things, but you to me are an example of male-female in action because you actually have your masculine energy running loud and proud alongside your feminine and the masculine side of you for me is the side of you that gets things done and that is putting things out there into the world backed up by the feminine receptor side of you that is delivering things into the world from inside so for me that masculine feminine in a very cliche or crude way if you like it's kind of like imagining that the male takes care of the outside of the house and going outside the house to um, to, to gather things that might be needed for the house and the family and the female is taking care of the inside of the house and the relationships. Now that's often how the genders were wrongly divided. Those were the roles given to men and women. The point is, as men and women, we can all have both of those aspects working inside us. We can be a provider for ourselves and we can be a nurturer for ourselves. And so it's just interesting to try that on for size. And I think in the book, the chapter, The Power of Women, there are a few exercises where they ask you to, to find where you most identify on the masculine-feminine scale and then just to encourage yourself to walk towards the opposite. Um, and interestingly for me, there was a whole feminine birth in that channel as well because it was a little challenging for me to uh, uh, kind of be channeling female entities, not in myself privately or <laughs> with people who knew me, but to, to put my name down publicly as saying, oh, and here are the feminine members from the group who, you know, Zafariah and Zayadora who want to channel. So I noticed that restriction in my own bodily programming, even though mentally and in my heart I had no resistance to it, my body was slightly afraid to step into it. So I love I the analogy that you gave. I think that's one of the best analogies I've ever heard in terms of masculine and feminine about, about one's own body. I think that that's something people are really going to grab hold of and understand. So I truly appreciate that. And I want to read a paragraph from Energy Speak in the section, which I was so thrilled to see that you did a section on the power of women and a section on the power of men, and they were both so beautiful. But I want to read one little paragraph from the Women Power one, which was, the power of communication will be how women will change the world. The power of communication where feeling is concerned. For if you can only allow yourself to help others find out about their feelings, interpret their feelings, feel comfortable with their feelings, the world will change. For so much of the destruction and violence and anger and all of the negative emotions that you would wish to see gone are caused because of the lack of the center in feeling. I thought that was so amazingly powerful because that speaks not just to women, it speaks to both men and women as to where we need to come from. Definitely. I, I, I really agree. And, you know, think of some of the people on the planet right now. Um, you know, I won't name names, but there are certain world leaders right now who are acting from what some might label a psychopathic energy center because then they're, they're obviously not caring about some of the people that they are condemning to death or that they are deciding that a war is okay. 
with all of those people, there is, there is absolutely no question that unprocessed, unhealed trauma inside themselves is what allows that emotional bypass to let their actions do what they're doing. And that, that's why I'm so, you know, I was, I was so happy that Marianne Williamson ran for Congress in this country um, mm-hmm. Not only because we need more female leaders, but she's another brilliant example of male and female. She's so powerful in her masculine, and yet she's graceful. She's a mother. She understands. She's compassionate. That's the balance that is is not going to create destruction. So even though Marianne didn't get in, I loved what she wrote about it, which I stand by. Which was, we mustn't see this as a failure. It's actually this the fact that she did it brought everyone's attention to it. It's the beginning of a wave and. I'm hopeful that we can get more people into, uh, more women into positions of power around the world as soon as possible, because I think that will help. And I also want to say that the more men that are sensitive and open in positions of power, you know, I, I mean, I know he's, he's had a controversial run, but um, the sensitivity which Obama was demonstrating um, when he was first elected was, you know, severely... Um, severely in contrast to some of the other candidates that we often see up there talking about money and results and making sure everyone's financially safe. And really, financial safety is not the important factor for our coming decades. It's everybody's well-being, it's planetary resources, and it's thinking from a place of how is everybody going to get through this in a new way rather than the old way of trying to make more money from the planet, which, of course, is, is going to backfire if that's what they allow you know, they're allowed to keep doing. So for me, that's why this rise in the feminine and in consciousness and in everybody bringing their voices forward is so important right now. In the book, you also write about how the the souls of men are really desiring for women to step up. And as I think about that section of the book, I think about people in relationships or or people that are experiencing uh, codependence or conflict in their relationships, whether they're male or female, and how they're not stepping up into their power, but if they only knew that the soul of the other person is so rooting for them and cheering for them to really do that because that was an act of love and a contract for each other to grow in such a way. Can you speak to any of that? Well, it's funny. The first example that comes to mind is a member of my family, um, a male member of my family who I, I think I started hugging in my family when I was, I don't know, I think it was probably when I went to university and I'm, you know, I, I hug the people I'm close to, that's what I do and so I remember bringing that into my family and, and a male member of my family, the first time I did it, he reacted with shock and a frozen body and he wasn't, and he had to make a comment about it. Now, almost 20 years later, he's running around the family leading the hugs. And so for me, it was just it was just a show, you know. And I'm 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 giving him as an example. I could pick many examples from my personal life where I notice I've had breakthroughs around my own programmed resistance. And I'm I've always been close to females in my life, um, and I I often feel like I communicate in a much more female way than a male way. Like when I talk to a man, I sometimes have to remember to edit, you know, kind of talk a bit less, bring it down a little bit because sometimes it's too much for men and I think women will forget that. I've often had women bemoaning the fact their man won't talk to them about things the way they talk and I think two things. I think number one, men don't necessarily need to talk about it in the same way women do but number two, that's one of the things that was done as a disservice to us men. We were encouraged away from our feelings. We were encouraged to be tough and to 
not necessarily be bonded in the way that females were allowed to bond. So I think in the male-female spectrum, we're all dealing with restrictions and, uh, and breaking them down right now. We have just a couple of minutes left in the show, and uh, there's a topic that really gets spoken up because we are all so busy trying to wake up that we don't think about how important it is to sleep. And you have a section in your book, Energy Speaks, that's called The Mastery of Sleep. Talk a little bit about what happens to us when we sleep and why it's so essential for all of us, especially now as the energies are, are faster and heightened. Well, what that chapter reveals is that when we go to sleep, essentially it's a little bit like our soul opens out once more. And because we're not consciously doing things, we actually have a period. If I, I mean, if I, if I were to give you a visual, it might be a little different to the one the book gives, but it's the same essence. Imagine that when you're asleep and you're lying on your bed, suddenly above your sleeping body, it's like your energy field just becomes huge and opens out like a big balloon. And what's happening while you're sleeping, while you're not doing things that are making more things happen or creating impulses or reactions in your body, everything that you went through that day gets processed. And it, it, how it has rearranged your soul gets to embed and integrate, which is why it's so good to nap. If you can nap and you feel like you want to nap, it's really good to let your body sleep when your body suddenly needs to sleep because it's often the fastest way that we can process through everything. And so essentially it's like a soul bath happens every night and you wake up the next morning and you're ready to start again based on that. And I think one of the key messages in that was to use sleep consciously. Before you go to sleep, you can direct things. So if you want to ask for more peace in your life, you can say, I ask for a peaceful sleep and a sleep that will ready me for a peaceful day tomorrow. You can start to direct things more than we often remember we can as souls. I want to thank you, Lee, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. Definitely check out his work at LeeHarrisEnergy.com. Uh, buy the book Energy Speaks, and the second uh, volume to that will be coming out this fall. In addition, definitely get that CD that's coming out in November, and go to his website, LeeHarrisEnergy.com, and check out the portal. Uh, it has monthly exclusive experts. It's got Q&A. It's got a community forum. There's all kinds of wonderful things that take place there. In addition, you'll see all of the other amazing, creative, beautifully creative things that Lee Harris is doing. So once again, that's LeeHarrisEnergy.com. Until next week, in love, of love, with love, and as love, I'm Simran Singh. Be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Shift happens.